Good morning and welcome to this online service at Beckles Baptist Church. My name is Tom Fenning and I serve as the pastor of this local church and I'm going to be leading our service a little bit later on. Peter Skerritt, our assistant pastor, is going to come and speak to us from Acts chapter 7. Um, our services have continued to be broadcast online ever since March and right this morning at this very moment while this service is going out on YouTube we've also got a service happening in our church building um, there's that sense of unity as we meet together at the same time worshipping the Lord Jesus as members of his people. As we say each week we'd urge you if you've not clicked to subscribe to our YouTube channel that you do that. It will ensure that you are kept up to date with the services and other resources that we put online week by week. Before we pray and commit our service to the Lord, we are going to read some verses from Acts chapter 13. This is the first of Paul's big sermons in the book of Acts that are recorded for us. It's our daily Bible reading from today for those following along with the church daily Bible reading plan. And this is what Paul said, speaking of the Lord Jesus and the forgiveness that is available in him. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin a justification you were not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Everyone who believes can be set free from every sin. That is the offer that the Lord Jesus makes to us. That is the thing that so many of us have come to know and to love. And it's because of him that we're meeting together today. So let's bow our heads and let's pray and praise our Lord Jesus. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that through him we find forgiveness is proclaimed to us. And not just some of us, but every single one of us. Everyone who believes is set free from every sin. Thank you that we are set in the right because of what Jesus has done as we put our faith in him. Please, Father, would you encourage us, would you help us cling to Jesus, and might we listen to him as he speaks loud and clear to us this day. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen. Well, having prayed, and before we look at the Bible together, we are going to hear some greetings from people that we would have on most Sundays have seen here in the building, um, we've got a home group who are going to speak to us and bring their greetings to us now. Good morning to you, church family. Uh, we're sending you greetings from the Friday morning home group. We're not quite all here this morning. Uh, we're missing Tinica, <laughs> who's not so good today. And we're also missing um, John and Lorna Archer, who are normally with us. And also um, Ian is not here. But uh, the rest of us would like to send greetings, so here we go. Good morning, church family. It'd be lovely to be back in the actual building before too long. Let's hope we can all meet up once more. See you soon. Hi, all. Nice to see you. Um, well, I can't see you, but you can see me. But anyway, greetings to you and see you soon. Bye. 
Hello, church family. We're missing you, but it's lovely to be able to meet um, on a Sunday virtually and um, at house group. Keep safe and may God protect you all. Bye. Good morning, church family. We're missing you all. God bless. Morning, church family. Nice to see you. Won't be too long. We do actually do see you, not online. Bye. Good morning, everyone. Greetings to you all. Hi, everyone. God bless you all. Yeah. Morning, church family. It's good to be able to greet you in this way. Hope you're all keeping safe and keeping well. Look forward to seeing you all sometime. Bye. Bye. Well, there you have greetings from, from all of us and greetings from myself. And uh, we do hope that we shall see you all before too long. But in the meantime, it's good to share with you in this way. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye, everybody. We're now going to have our Bible reading brought to us by Esther Ema. This comes from Acts chapter 7, going from verse 17 through to verse 39. Acts chapter 7 and starting at verse 17. Good morning, church family. Our reading today is taken from Acts chapter 7, and we're starting to read from verse 17 through to verse 39. As the time drew near for God to fulfil his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt had greatly increased. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. He dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our ancestors by forcing them to throw out their newborn babies so they would die. At that time Moses was born and he was no ordinary child. For three months he was cared for by his family. When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as his own, her own son. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. When Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. He saw one of them being ill-treated by an Egyptian, so he went to his defence and avenged him by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought that his own people would realise that God was using him to rescue them, but they did not. The next day, Moses came up upon two Israelites who were fighting. He tried to reconcile them by saying, Men, you are brothers. Why do you hurt each other? But the man who was ill-treating the other pushed Moses aside and said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian, where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. After 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the flames of a burning bush in the desert near Mount Sinai. When he saw this, he was amazed at the sight, and he went over to get a closer look. He heard the Lord say, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and did not dare to look. 
Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. I have indeed seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to set them free. Now come, I will send you back to Egypt. This is the same Moses they had rejected with the words who made you ruler and judge. He was sent to be their ruler and delivered by God himself through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He led them out of Egypt and performed wonders and signs in Egypt, at the Red Sea and for 40 years in the wilderness. This is the Moses who told the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your own people. He was in the assembly in the wilderness when the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our ancestors and he received living words to pass on to us. But our ancestors refused to obey him. Instead, they rejected him and in their hearts turned back to Egypt. Amen. Well, before Peter comes and speaks on that passage that Esther has just read to us, we're going to sing a song that speaks of God's word being everything that we need and more as it points us to the Lord Jesus. You're free to sing along to this. Um, or if you'd just like to listen and reflect on the words, then you can do that too. Your word is good, it's ever faithful, worth more than gold, the heart's dear. Your word gives life to all who hear and obey. Your word endures forever. Your word is true. It never changes. It formed the earth, sustains it still. Your word defends, providing refuge and strength. Just 
Well, do keep that Bible reading open in front of you. Uh, we're going to pray as we have just heard from God speak. We pray that he will speak to our hearts now. Father, we uh, have just sung of how your word is active and does things to us. And we pray that it today might correct us and direct us and prepare us. Would it spur us to walk for Jesus, but above all, cause us to love him from our hearts. We pray that we might see wondrous things in your word today. Amen. Well, I want you to imagine, boys, girls, and adults too, that following Jesus uh, is a bit like driving a car. We could call it journeying with Jesus, if you like. You want to do the actions with me? Journeying with Jesus. Now, like any journey in a car, sometimes you will come across kind of bumps on the road and you think, well, should I turn back? Is there a pothole or something? Well, journeying with Jesus has its own bumps in the road. I wonder what you think they are. Maybe things that are difficult, things that you found uh, distracting or hard. Maybe someone's not been very kind to you because you said you go to church and, and you follow Jesus. Maybe uh, someone in your family has been sick. Maybe you are. Maybe you're just feeling sad. All sorts of bumps in the road as we journey with Jesus. Things can be hard. But it's not just bumps in the road, is it? As we, as we journey on in life, um, sometimes when you're driving in a car, you, you're driving past and you, something catches your eye and you, you follow it around and suddenly you're not really looking where you're going. You're looking back. Distractions on the way too. That's also true as we follow Jesus. I wonder what distractions there might be. Things that are more exciting than Jesus. Things that, that appeal and are, are interesting. Things that my friends are doing that I can't do because... Well, I follow Jesus and, and they don't. Well, whatever the, the bumps in the road that we'll find or the distractions that catch our eye, today we're going to hear how important it is that we don't turn back. That, in fact, we keep journeying with Jesus. And to do that, we're going to look at the history of Israel, God's people, and particularly uh, what we just heard from Stephen, who was standing up in Acts chapter 7 in front of his accusers, recapping the history of Israel and teaching us all a lesson. Uh, it would be fair to say, as you look at the history of Israel, maybe pick up an Old Testament and flick through the stories uh, that we've been reading through as a church, and you'll see that Israel had their fair share of, of bumps in the road and distractions and diversions on their journey. They were coming out of Egypt on the way to the promised land and there were bumps 
and there were distractions. And for many of them, these bumps, these distractions were fatal. Why? Because they turned back. Now we finished our reading in Acts chapter 7 today, verse 9, with Stephen's verdict on much of the history of Israel. Stephen's verdict, and it's our verse today. It's short, it's simple, and striking. In their hearts, they turned back to Egypt. Talking of the people of Israel, I wonder if you can do that with me. In their hearts, they turned back to Egypt. Now in this one small verse, we have both a warning and a direction for us. As we are warned against turning back and directed to keep on journeying with Jesus. That's the aim, to make sure that what happened to the people of Israel then, it doesn't happen to us. To make sure that, that we don't turn back, but we keep on journeying with Jesus. So the warning. What is this warning that this verse gives us? Well, if nothing else, simply the fact that turning back, it happens. Remember what that verse said? In their hearts, they turned back to Egypt. Now, Israel had been rescued from slavery in Egypt. They'd, they were on their way to freedom, wandering through the wilderness. They were heading to this wonderful promised land, and yet, in their hearts, they turned back to Egypt, to, to slavery. And you're meant to be scratching your head and thinking, what? Why? Who on earth, faced with freedom or slavery, would drive right back into the slavery they'd just come back from? But the warning is, it happens. Turning back happens. And the second warning for us is how it happens. How it happens. Remember, the verse says, in their hearts, they turned back to Egypt. They turned back to slavery. Where does the turning back take place? In our hearts, in the, the center of our being, what we want, what we love, what we desire. It starts here. Our hearts can kind of get a handle on the steering wheel of our life and suddenly we're turned back. To Egypt, which is to slavery. One paraphrase of the Bible puts it like this, that the, Egypt, the Israelites, they, they craved the old Egyptian ways. Turning back happens. And we see that again and again in the history of Israel. And we're going to see some examples of that right now. Not long after Israel had been rescued out of Egypt, out of slavery, they found themselves in the desert and they found themselves wishing they were back in Egypt. It started when they got hungry in the desert and they began to grumble against Moses and against God, saying, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There, we sat round pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve to death. And then they were thirsty in the desert. The people were thirsty for water there and they couldn't see water anywhere and they grumbled and they said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? 
A little later, back in the desert again, they got hungry again. And they began to crave other food, to think and dream about what they used to eat in Egypt. And the Israelites, they started wailing and they said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions and garlic. My mouth's watering. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this boring manna. And then, just as they were about to enter the promised land, they got spooked. They got scared. If only we had died in Egypt or in the wilderness. The men in that land, they're so big, they're too big. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us die by the sword? Our wives and their children, they're going to be kidnapped and taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. In their hearts, they turned back to Egypt. They only remembered the good bits. They forgot the bad and they wanted in their hearts to turn back, to go back to Egypt, to slavery. See the warning? As they journey with Jesus, as the Israelites walked on their way to freedom, the warning was this, don't forget how bad you had it before. That's the warning. Don't forget how bad you had it. Can you see how quickly Israel, in their hearts, they turned back from God and back to slavery. They forgot how bad they'd had it before and they only remembered the good bits. I wonder if you've ever found yourself doing that as a, as a Christian, as you kind of journey along with Jesus. If you're driving along, things are okay, and then you hit some bumps, things get hard, things get difficult. And, well, like with any pothole road, you think, shall, shall, maybe I should turn back. I wonder for you right now, if you're following Jesus, what is it that, is, that you're finding hard, that the potholes and the bumps on your journey that, think, that make you think, well, maybe I should just go back? Because there might be something either now or coming up. What, is it? what are the bumps in the road? But equally, when you're driving along, you're following Jesus and you catch a glimpse of something in your rear view mirror and you look back. Because you can see the, the things that you, you used to have, that you used to do, the, the things that you could have, the things that you could do. But you know that, well, you left them behind when you started to follow Jesus. But now you're kind of looking back in the mirror and thinking, well, well, maybe I could go back and do that. You're tempted to turn back. What's in your rearview mirror right now that you're kind of longing for and distracted by? Now, when you feel the bumps and when you're glancing back at what you've left behind, the warning in this verse, is don't forget how bad you had it before because it was slavery. We've got to be honest, slavery is slavery no matter which way you put it, it's slavery. And slavery is what you and I were in and slavery is what Jesus stepped into to rescue us from. As Jesus steps into our world and he lives and he dies and he rises again, why is he doing it? 
Well, for one thing, he's come to, to drag us out of this Egypt, this slavery, this captivity. Captivity to, to sin that we just can't stop. It just comes out of us. Captivity to death that no one can beat. No one. Captivity and slavery to burden in life that we can't bear. Captivity to brokenness all around us that we know we can't fix ourselves. Jesus comes to drag us out of that through his life and death and resurrection and then to drive us forward to freedom, to the promised land. He's driving us to freedom. So don't forget how bad you had it before. Why would you turn back to it? Now, perhaps you're listening in and you're thinking, well, I wouldn't call myself a Christian. Uh, We're so glad that you're able to join us. But don't miss the shock, the way the Bible describes your life right now. Egypt. Slavery. And actually, although it might be shocking, I imagine you felt something of that slavery. Sure, there, there will be some good things in your life, no doubt. Pleasant things, the, the cucumbers and the meat pots of Egypt. The things that uh, kind of get you by, that you look back to and you enjoy. But they're only momentary. Just temporary relief and distractions from actual slavery. Maybe it's boredom. Or sadness. Or, or fear. Or guilt. Any one of these things, you know that most pleasures in life are just covering up, but they don't solve. Now, life with Jesus, it may have bumps in the road. It may mean that you actually have to leave some things behind to head to freedom. But heading to freedom is exactly what you're doing when you head to Jesus. And it might be that today is the day when you decide to go with him, to journey with him to freedom in every way, rather than stay in slavery in sin and death journey with Jesus today. And for most of you, if you're listening in and you are on the road with Jesus, well, the warning from these verses is simply this. Don't forget how bad you had it before. Don't forget it. Don't look longingly in the mirror and think, oh, I wish I had that. You've forgotten the bad bits. Don't turn back. In their hearts, they turn back to Egypt. That's the warning. But remember, we said there was one other thing that this gives us. So just one simple verse gives us a warning and a direction. Don't forget how good you have it now. Don't forget how good you have it now. In this short, simple verse, God is kind of shutting down one road and saying, no, no, don't go back. Don't turn back. Instead, go that way. This is the way to go. And if we go this way, we won't find in our hearts that we turn back. We're going to go back to those stories we looked at earlier with the people of Israel and see how things could have worked out very differently. So when the Israelites were looking back to their pots of meat and thinking, oh, we're starving, and and when they were wondering where their water was going to come from, well, they could have looked back. And if they'd looked back to their history, they'd have seen, well, God rescued us from slavery. God brought us out and spared us and only us from ten horrible plagues. In fact, God even made a sea rise and part so that we could walk through it. 
I think he can provide some food and drink for us. They should have looked back. And then, when they were looking and longing and wishing that they had some onions and cucumbers and meat and fish that they used to have in Egypt, well, they should have looked forward to the promised land, to the promised land of milk and honey. Those kind of things would have made cucumbers and leeks and onions really not that appealing. They should have looked forward. And then when they began to to freak out because they got on the edge of the promised land and it looked like they couldn't even get into the promised land because everyone was so big and so strong, well, they could have looked up and realized, well, if God says he can do it and God's promised us, then I think he'll do it. You see what happened at every point in their history? Israel forgot how bad they had it before and how good they have it now with God. In their hearts, they turned back to Egypt. This is the direction. Don't forget how good you have it now. Don't forget it. Now, I want you to imagine that you're in a car uh, on your way to a holiday destination. It's not too hard to imagine, isn't it? We're about embarking on the summer holidays. Perhaps some of you are looking forward to a journey even this week. Now, as with every holiday journey, there could well be a problem. It's not going to be plain sailing. You could get holiday traffic and you're all sat in the car and you're thinking, are we nearly there yet? And you've only just pulled out the drive. But then later on you hit traffic and you think, are we nearly there yet? Well, what makes or breaks a journey like that? Two things. Destination, where you're going, and company, who you're with. Now, if you're heading somewhere which you're not that excited about, it was just a last minute deal, and the company in the car, well, it's driving you slightly mad, your sister or your brother, they're in your ear, and you just want to go home. Well, what are you going to do? It's quite likely that you might turn back. Because you're not that excited about where you're going and you're not that excited about who you're with. Or, consider this, if you are going to this luxurious destination, maybe the sunshine and the beach and there's a swimming pool and lots of toys to play in in the pool and you're having great fun with your family, you're playing games in the car on the way, you're listening to some audio stories and music and singing along and time flies and then suddenly you're there. Well, what makes the journey? What keeps you from turning back is the destination you're going to and the company that you're with. Now, we just saw Israel grumbling and groaning and griping and giving up. But why? Why in their hearts did they turn back? Well, because they weren't that sure about where they were going, the promised land. And they weren't that excited about who was going with them. God himself. And because of that, they, in their hearts, turned back. They forgot, firstly, how bad they had it before, but actually how good they had it then, now, with God himself. They couldn't see beyond the bumps and the distractions on the way. And it's the same with us. It's the same with us. Unless we're gripped by that that wonderful future with God and his amazing presence with you and me right now, well, we're in danger of turning back. 
Now, getting back into the building is just a wonderful blessing, isn't it? To be able to see people in person. Reading great Christian books during lockdown and, and regular sermons, they've been a great benefit to many of us. But until we know truly, deeply, experientially and personally, God himself, our future with him and his presence with us now, and we're gripped by that, we are in danger of turning back. Until our knowledge of God moves through our heads into our hearts, we're in danger of turning back. And so the one simple take home, the, the one direction, if you like, from this, is this summer, why not make it your prayer, your, your plea with God, that your heart would be gripped by him, that you would relish freedom with Jesus. I've been struck recently as you read through some of the letters in the Bible, Paul's prayers. Paul prays in almost every letter that he writes to every church that they would know God and love him more. And that's a good thing in itself. But the fact is you have to pray for it because it is something that God will give you and not just something that you will work up in yourself. And so whilst we know the direction is to not forget how good we have it now, the point is to ask God that he might show us how good we have it now. To know what Paul calls in Philippians chapter 3, the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage compared to knowing Christ, that he may gain him. In their hearts, they turn back to Egypt. The warning, but don't forget how bad you had it before in slavery and sin and death and burden and brokenness without Jesus. Don't forget it. And the direction, well, don't forget how good you have it now. A wonderful future ahead of you, sure, in the promised land, but now, right now, a God who will protect you and provide for you and be with you in and through everything. May God give us grace to journey with Jesus, pressing on to our future. Let's pray that we'll do just that. Oh, Father, we thank you for the, uh, the wisdom of uh, the scriptures, your word. I thank you that you have ordered and directed history and used it to teach us, and we pray that you would help us to heed the warnings, that we might remember the horror and burden of sin, that we might relish and love our freedom with Jesus, and that we might stick with him, come what may. We pray uh, by your Spirit that you will help us to increase in the knowledge and love of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, in a moment, we're going to hear from someone, uh, boys and girls, that you've been looking forward to hearing from today. We're going to hear from Lucy and what she thought are all about journeying with Jesus. Hi, everyone. I really liked that idea, didn't you? I'm journeying with Jesus. Like driving a car. But there will definitely be some things on the way that might make me turn back and give up. There'll be bumps along the way. Woof. Maybe people
people being mean to me for loving Jesus or people close to me being sick and poorly. There will also be some things I have to leave behind. Maybe I won't get to be really popular or really rich or something else because I want to follow Jesus. But when I remember how bad life was without Jesus and how good I have life with Jesus, I'll keep going. I'll keep journeying with Jesus and I won't turn back. He's the best thing ever. Right, I'm off to keep journeying with Jesus. Having heard from Peter as he's opened up the Bible, having had it recapped by Lucy, we're now going to respond to what we've heard in song. A song that speaks of how everything we used to hold on to as being really dear to us in the past, we're letting go of because of what we have in the Lord Jesus. The song is all I once held dear, built my life upon, spent and worth this now compared to knowing Jesus. Again, you're welcome to sing along with the song or you can sit there and just think through what the words are saying about the Lord Jesus Christ.
Before we spend some time praying to God, we are going to hear some news from two of our dear church members, Shola and Chisholm, who have something to say. Hello, everyone. Hello. So as a lot of you might be aware, um, for the last year and a half, um, I've been working in a place called Alton uh, near Basingstoke in Hampshire. And um, it's not been the ideal scenario for um, our home life because it's our desire to live together and just grow as a, as a family, as a couple, uh, Chisholm and I. So we've been praying about this and uh, we have come to the decision of moving to Basingstoke where I'll be closer to work, uh, we'll be living together and Chisholm will be continuing her current job um, although working remotely um, from home. Thank you all for your love and your support and your encouragement. Um, since we joined Beckles Baptist Church, we are really appreciative of the friends that we've made, um, the, our involvement in different church activities, and most especially uh, the word that has come um, and, and that has built us up and encouraged us in our spiritual lives. Um, just wanted to say thank you all again for your love and your support. And we will really, really miss you all. Yeah, so um, we'll just uh, like to ask if you could continue praying for us. Um, I mean, making a new this move to a new place. Um, but I think the most the biggest thing for us really is finding a church family that we can be part of and we can serve with and, and just grow um, the way God uh, has destined for both of us. Now, if anyone uh, is going to be around the Basingstoke area, please, please, please give us a call. Um, we'll be very happy to um more than happy to catch up with you and and just uh yeah, show you around um so but yeah it goes without saying we're really going to miss um every one of you um and yeah thank you for all your your love and support uh so bye it was lovely to see shola and chisholm and for them to share as sad as it is for us to hear of that move that's ahead of them just this week they have been a real blessing to us as a church family and we're going to pray for them specifically now that they would know god's blessing as help as they face a new phase of life together as a married couple we're also going to pray for our Holidays, those of us who are able to get away, we're going to pray for Christchurch Camborne briefly, who we're going to be praying with later today, and we are going to pray for the nation of Sudan. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for Shola and Chisholm. Thank you for the blessing that they have been to us as a church, for the way that they have encouraged us to live for the Lord Jesus the way in which they have served amongst us on our welcome team with our holiday Bible club and in many other ways informally too. Father, we do want to thank you for this move that has become possible for them and we want to plead with you, our Father, that you might go ahead of them as they move to this new home, that you might help them make it a place in which they can serve you and honour you. And we pray too that you would lead them to be part of a church fellowship down um, in that part of the country down with Basingstoke, we plead with you, our Father, that you would keep them from anxiety, help them to be prayerful, and that you would guide them in all that lies ahead of them. Pray that you would sustain them with all the busyness that will be involved in the move. And Father, might you continue to provide for them 
Above all, would you provide for them spiritually? We pray that they would keep journeying with Jesus. Might they delight with all that you have blessed them with, both in their future destination and also the fact that you're journeying with them day by day. We commit Shola and Chisholm into your hands, giving you grateful thanks for the blessing of having them part of our church family. Father, many of us um, will, in the coming weeks, take some time on holiday, um, time away from Beckles, or maybe time uh, nearer to home. And we want to pray, our Father, that as our rhythms of life on holiday change to a slower pace, we'd plead with you that you'd help us continue to take seriously, making time to spend with you. We pray that time being refreshed physically would also be a time to be refreshed spiritually and that you would encourage and help us through time away. And might we be built up in our faith so to do one another good when we come back together. Father, we want to pray on for Christchurch Camborne, a church that we partner with. We thank you for Ben, the pastor there, and we would plead with you your continued help to them as they explore the possibility of being able to meet together um, outdoors in services in the weeks ahead. Continue to grant them wisdom as they try and work these things through. And we pray you would richly encourage us and them as we meet to pray together on Zoom this afternoon. Finally, Father, we bring before you the country of Sudan, a country where there has been a law in place for a long time that makes it uh, illegal to convert from Islam. And we pray as that is reconsidered at the moment that you might have real mercy upon that country You'd help Christians to live for the Lord Jesus. And Father, that you might just grant further religious freedoms and opportunity for the good news of Jesus to be made known in that country. Father, have mercy, we pray. We commit this country into your hands. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our service is almost concluded. There are, however, just a few Notices to draw to your attention. Um, the first thing is to mention something for today, and that is that at a different time, at 4pm, please do note the time, 4pm, we have got a joint prayer meeting with Christchurch Camborne. They're one of our global mission partners. Uh, we're going to be on, on a Zoom meeting with them for about 45 minutes. Um, we're going to have time looking very briefly at the Bible, and then we're going to have a block of time praying for our church here in Beckles, and then a time of praying with them at Camborne. I know that it would be a real encouragement to them, as well as to us, for as many of us to go. So please let me encourage you to come along. The link for that Zoom meeting and the password will have been emailed out to you. If for whatever reason you didn't get that, then do get in touch with me as soon as possible so that you can join us. 4 p.m. Sunday afternoon. Look forward to seeing many of you then. Before I mention things in the week ahead, allow me to just highlight to you two resources that we'd like you to make use of. The first is to mention that Keswick, which is a, a convention that happens usually for three weeks during the summer holidays, and that a number of people from our church would regularly go to, is unable to happen physically this year, but the wonderful news is it's all happening online. Um, we would love to encourage you to avail yourself of those resources. There's stuff there for kids, for young people, for grown-ups. Do check out the link that was emailed out to you with the email that came, and we'd encourage you to make use of some of those resources. 
as you seek to live for the Lord Jesus. A great chance to grow and to learn of Christ. That's the first resource. The second resource, it doesn't have so much to do in the week ahead, but actually next term in the autumn, we are intending on making use of an initiative called Who Cares? To help you understand what Who Cares is and how we might make use of it, we're going to show a brief video now that should bring you up to speed. Who Cares is all about reaching people with the gospel of Jesus. The beauty of Who Cares is that you can run it like a thread through what you already do instead of doing lots of new things. There are two basic phases of the mission, listening and responding. The idea is that lots of local churches can do this together at the same time, showing people that not only we care, but that Jesus cares. Listening. The mission starts with doing something really simple, listening. We ask people what hurts the most, motivated by compassion so that we can bring the hope of the gospel in a way that connects with people's lives. We do this using a simple card which people can complete anonymously and they are left with an information card. It's really simple and you can survey your church, your friends and your colleagues. You can go to local organisations and businesses and ask them to take part. It works door to door, it works on the street or at an event. We have found that local people love that the church is taking the time to listen. Responding. The church then analyses the results and responds with the gospel and compassion. The genius of Who Cares is that you don't have to run new events, you just let it shape what you already do. So you take any aspect of your church and think of a way that you can respond to the Who Cares results with the gospel. So you could run a sermon series on the top results. You could do a series with your midweek groups. You can do it through your school's work or your youth work. You can shape your regular church events around it. You can respond to the top subject to your Alpha course or Christianity Explored course launch. We've also produced a book that you can give away. The opportunities are endless. What makes Who Cares great and simple? Number one, you get provoked and moved by the needs of your community. Number two, you take your church on a journey that starts with a simple connection but ends with sharing the gospel. Number three, it's a fun way for churches to come together and do mission. I hope that video gives you a bit of a flavour of what is involved in Who Cares. As we head through to the tail end of the summer and the first bit of the autumn, we will of course be sharing more information about how we as a church are going to utilise this initiative. A number of leaders have already um, been involved in training events where they've been brought up to speed with how it works and we'll be sharing more with the church about how we're going to seek to uh, listen to our community, listen to the things that hurt. But more information about that in the near future. But just wanted to raise it to your attention today. Finally, a few brief things to mention for the week ahead. The first is to say that our identity course continues again this week, 7.30, it meets online. Peter continues to run that. If you'd like to join this course that looks into the life and claims of Jesus, but you haven't come along yet, do please drop Peter an email on the email address that's on the bottom of the screen at this point and he'd gladly include you if you'd like to come along. That's Wednesday, 7.30. Then Thursday, same time at 7.30 on Zoom, we have our prayer meeting. Again, the link for that will be sent out to you. We'd love you to join us as we meet and as we pray, particularly for the Reformed Evangelical Church in Ljubljana, another of our global mission partners. Peter Novak has sent us a video to help us know how best we can be praying for them as a church family.
Then jump on to Sunday, 10.30, online. We have no services happening in the building, just services online throughout August. So back to the normal time of 10.30, online, on YouTube. And then we have a prayer meeting next Sunday at 6.32. Final thing simply to mention is to say, do please be sharing the Holiday Bible Club, the video through social media and email. You can find links to that on our website and our YouTube channel. And if you want flyers to send to friends to encourage them to tune in to our Holiday Bible Club happening at the end of August, then we'd love you to do that too. Well, that's all of our notices for uh, this Sunday. Lots of information there. Do please make sure you see the email that was sent out during the week too. We're going to bow our heads and we are going to close with a prayer as we conclude. I'm going to lead us in a prayer from the end of Romans. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.